Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. But before I read that, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This month, children all over our nation and even here in our city are going back to school. In fact, this past week, our preschool uh, started back to school, and I, I noticed on the first couple of days there were a few toddlers who had those first day of school blues that we often see. And it reminded me of a story, a little anecdote that a friend of mine from South Carolina told me a few years back. Her church was actually going through a a renovation. The sanctuary was being renovated, and so they were trying to worship over in their fellowship hall. And so throughout the summer, all of their worship services were held in their fellowship hall. This mom and her family and her young son, who was a first grader, were trying to worship in the fellowship hall, but it just was a little bit too much. He was a little too excited. And so the family decided that they weren't going to come back to worship until the construction was over. On Sunday mornings, the little first grader would get up and ask his mom if it was time to go to church, and she would say, oh no, the church is still under construction. That went on throughout the summer, even actually after the construction was over, they had gotten kind of used to to sleeping in on Sunday mornings, and so when he would come in, she would still say, oh no, son, the, the church is still under construction, we're not going back today. The summer went by, and and August came, and it was time for the kids to go back to school, but that little first grader didn't want to go back to school, and he protested every day. He was not ready. He was a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous about going back, and so his mother finally asked him, why don't you want to go back to school? And he replied, because I think school is still under construction. Well, the mom realized she had been modeling some poor behavior for her child, and so she reminded him that school was actually not under construction, that they were all ready for him. And in fact, they would be going back to church this next week as well. We're living in a world right now where I feel like everything is under reconstruction. 
a world full of uncertainty. We're not only dealing with this pandemic and the COVID-19 virus, but we're still dealing with racial tensions and issues and issues of inequality, inequality all throughout our country. And in times like that, it feels like things are so uncertain and there's so much unheaval. It's hard to know what to do and it's hard to know how to be a church. And that's what we've been talking about throughout the month of August of how we can still be church during this difficult time. We've been looking at holy places in the Bible, and today we're going to be looking at that holy place called the temple. The temple was literally the place where the Spirit of God was supposed to dwell. It was the place of the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept in that first temple. And the temple throughout history was often under construction. Just a little brief history lesson for you this morning. The first temple was built by King Solomon. You might remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about King David and how he wanted to build a temple, but it was King Solomon, his son, who actually built the temple of God according to God's wishes, according to God's plans lined out in the Scriptures. He imported the finest goods from all over the world to build this temple so that it would be a house fit for God. But even King Solomon knew that there was no building, there were no walls, there were no boundaries that could really contain God. And the main plans that God offered to Solomon for building the temple, and you can see this in 1 Kings in the Old Testament, God said, if you want to build a temple, the people must follow my commandments. Well, we know from the history of Israel that the people didn't follow God's commandments as God wanted them to. and They started to do things, building homes, building a society that, that made them feel comfortable rather than following the will of God. And so eventually, that whole society, including Jerusalem and including the temple, was destroyed. In 587, the Babylonian Empire came in and, and wiped them out and scattered the Israelite nation all over the world to try to destroy their faith, destroy their culture, destroy all of their way of life. It was many generations later, after many generations of being in the exile, where a new king came, King Cyrus the Persian, who came and conquered the Babylonians and allowed the Israelites to come back home, to come back to Jerusalem, to come back to their homeland, the land that God had promised them. And he commanded them to rebuild Jerusalem, and even more so, to rebuild the temple of God. You can read about that in the book of Ezra. He commanded them to rebuild the temple and, and commanded Persian people to, to offer help and offer gifts in order to help rebuild that temple. You can imagine for the people of God, this was a homecoming, a chance for them to come back to the, their way of life and to be faithful once again, to be faithful to the way that God had called them to live, to the practices of, of temple rites and temple practices that they had longed to do for so many generations. They wanted to follow the will of God, and this was their chance to be once again who they were called to be. Many years later, though, that temple, that second temple that we call it, was rebuilt once again by a man named Herod the Great. And this is the temple that I often imagine when I think about the temple of God. A temple built by King Herod who, who expanded that temple, made it huge and glorious and powerful. And it was a temple that overwhelmed the people and overwhelmed visitors who would come and see it. It was a temple filled with, with money and power and prestige. It was a temple that probably glorified King Herod and the people far more than it glorified God. And this was the temple that Jesus was familiar with. 
That was the temple where Jesus got left behind by his parents when he was being dedicated as a child. It was the temple where he went in and and threw out the money changers and told them this is supposed to be a house of prayer and you're making it a den of robbers. It was that temple that Jesus told his disciples would be torn down every stone, not a stone left unturned. Jesus predicted that that temple would be destroyed as well. And in 70 AD, that temple was destroyed and hasn't been rebuilt. But it's in between that time, between Jesus' death and resurrection and the destruction of that temple, that Paul the Apostle came forward with another idea. And that's where our passage begins this morning. Paul the Apostle talked about the temple as well, but it was a different type of temple. It was a temple not built with brick and mortar, but it was a temple made out of the people of God. He says, you are the temple. Or as we might translate it in the South, y'all, you plural, are the temple. The church is the temple, the people of God. And he asks the Corinthians in this passage, just what type of temple are you trying to build? He wanted the, the people of God, the Corinthians, to build a type of temple that God wanted them to build. But he had this sneaking suspicion that the people were building a temple, building a way of life that glorified themselves and not God. In fact, that's really the context of the passage that we're reading this morning. People were arguing over who was better. Who was better, Peter or Paul or Apollos? Those people who had laid the foundations for the church. They all were arguing over who was better in the church. Who had more spiritual gifts? Who was the most glorified and honored? And Paul tries to remind the Corinthians all throughout the letter that the church should not be built on our gifts and our honor, and our glory, that it should be built on faith, and hope, and love. That's the kind of temple God calls us to build by following the commandments and being the people God calls us to be. Paul asks the Corinthians, what kind of temple are you trying to build here? And Paul asks the same question of us this morning. What kind of temple are we building? What kind of world and society are we building? Are we building a temple that is a comfortable home for us? Or are we building a temple that could be the home for God? A place where God's Spirit might dare to dwell. When we look around us, I dare say, I have to admit that Often the world that we live in, the society that we've created, is, is a society that benefits myself and makes me comfortable and not necessarily a society according to the will of God. I shared with you this story years ago. It's a wonderful little illustration by Fred Craddock, the great preacher. He had served in a church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and it was, he was a young pastor just starting out. And there in Oak Ridge, there was a, a, a mill just outside of town, a mill filled with lots of different types of people, people of different races and economic backgrounds. And he went to the, the council of his church and said, you know, we really need to reach out to those people to try to get them to come to our church to, to help grow our church by welcoming them in. But for some reason, the council of that church said, no, those people just wouldn't fit in here. This isn't their kind of church. And so even though Fred protested, they all voted to to let them go somewhere else, to let them find their own church, and that they would continue to be who they were comfortable being at his church. 
Fast forward many years later after Fred had already retired and they were traveling around and he and his wife Nettie found themselves back in Oak Ridge, Tennessee and they thought, you know, it'd be neat to see if we can find that little church where I worked as a pastor. And they went up a little country road and sure enough, they found that little white church with the little white steeple. It was still there and, and to his surprise, the parking lot was full. But outside on the front, there was a sign that instead of saying church, it said Jim's Barbecue. That old church had turned into a restaurant, and they decided to go in and have barbecue, and they found people of all kinds, every race, every economic background, and they sat down and, and had a little bit of food. And Nettie said, well, this place is a lot different. It's a lot more full than the church was before. And, and Fred said, that's right. If it was still of the church, none of these people would be welcome here. It reminds us that sometimes we are creating a church that could be a home for us and not a home for God. If we were trying to build a church, build a temple, build a world that would be the home for God, then it might look a lot different than the world that we live in now. So let me ask you this morning, what type of church are we trying to build What type of church are we called to build as the people of God? What type of temple are we called to build? I dare say it would be a church based on the commandments, based on the Scriptures, just like God told Solomon so many years ago. It would be a church that was built upon those two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength, and love your neighbor every single neighbor, as yourself. It would be a temple that was based on the Scripture, like Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require of you but to seek justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And make no mistake, it would be a temple that honored diversity, that called people of all races and gave them a chance to worship together, knowing that each of them were called by God to serve God and to love God. It would be a place where every single knee would bow and every single tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It would not be a place where our black and brown brothers and sisters would wake up in the morning and wonder if their lives mattered because as Paul tells the Romans, we would spend all of our time trying to outdo one another in showing affection. It would not be a place where certain people had privileges and others didn't. The things that I consider a privilege would really just be rights and basic needs for every single people, thing, every single person, things like just affordable housing and a living wage and good health care. It would be something for all because we would all be equal before the throne of God. No, what we considered privilege in that kind of temple would be to walk a second mile when someone asked us to carry them one mile. What we consider privilege in that kind of temple would be to offer someone the shirt off of our back when they asked for our jacket. What we consider strength in that type of temple would be to turn the other cheek when we have the opportunity to offer revenge. What we consider strength in that type of temple would be to pray for our enemies and offer them love, and return evil with love. That's the kind of temple that God is calling us to build, a temple where we can stand side by side, lifting each other up, even if it means it makes us uncomfortable from time to time. 
It would not be a home for us, but it would be a home for God. I dare say if we look around this world right now, that's not the temple that we've created. It's not the world that we've created. But as I said before, it feels like the world's under construction right now. Things are a little amiss. Things are a little messy. Things are being renewed. And maybe if we take advantage of this time, we can allow God to rebuild the temple as God intends. If we have the courage, if we have the faith, if we have the hope, if we have the love, then God can take this time, this time of uncertainty, this time of pain, and we can build the world as God intended it to be. It'll take courage from us. It'll take courage from people like me to confess my sins and try to reach out to neighbors and try to lift them up instead of just always lifting myself up. But if we're willing to offer that courage and follow God's building plans for the temple, then maybe the world we live in will no longer just be a home for us. But it will finally be a place where the Spirit of God would dare to dwell. And that's the kind of home we need. To the glory of God. Amen.